You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. For those of y'all that don't know me, I think most of you do. My name is Daniel. I am one of the STS interns for this summer. I'm like really nervous about this. I really don't like talking in front of people. Uh, Mark kind of said it the other day, like even if you've done it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, I haven't done it hundreds, but you still get nervous no matter how many times you do it. I think that there's a lot of stuff that we can learn about discipleship things that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I'll tell you why I'm super, super, super passionate about discipleship. I know a lot of you, if you're like me, you've like grown up going to church and stuff, and so we hear a lot of the same like talks on the same things, and discipleship may or may not be one of those things. And so I remember uh, like early high school, like some youth pastor was talking about discipleship and oh, it's important. And so like, bro, I've heard this like a lot. And so I really, I kind of checked out. Don't check out. This is super important. Um, I really think God has a lot to teach through me, has a lot to encourage y'all with. And so we hear the word discipleship thrown around and it can be confusing. That's the first note that I have there. There's a lot of like Christian words that we use that like we just kind of use them. Um, and don't really know what they mean. At least I do that sometimes at school, trying to sound smart, which isn't the best thing to do. Don't use big Christian words to sound smart because it kind of turns people off. And discipleship, I think, is one of those, as I said. And so why it's important, like where it comes from, why we even bother doing it. And so the first thing I want to start out with comes from the book of John. So if y'all could turn there. John three, sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is another one of those Christian things that we hear a lot and use a lot and that we can kind of um, miss whenever it's talked about. Please, 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 please do not miss this. Do not miss this. This discipleship begins with the gospel. The gospel isn't anything less than this, but it's like a whole lot more than this thing here. But this is kind of like the foundation of what we believe. It's the foundation of why we're here, why we even bother showing up to church, why we sing. Um, The gospel is huge. Um, I remember last year or last semester, uh, I go to Christian school for those of y'all that don't know. And so they talk about Jesus a lot and it's really, really, really easy to kind of get used to it. And um, you kind of start reading the Bible like a textbook. And so there'll be questions um, like, what is, what is John trying to communicate um, in this passage? And you'll read it. Okay, good. John is trying to communicate X, Y, and Z. And that's like, that's great. But I think a lot of times we kind of miss the life-giving aspect of what we're doing. And so this is an example of a verse where we often miss it because of how familiar we are with it. Don't rush past this, please. Not just that one verse, but the gospel, the thing that verse talks about is what, as I said, allows us to be here. It's what allows people to go from being spiritually dead to alive. That's kind of a big deal. It gives you hope for this life. You're not just wasting time. Oh man, like what am I going to do? My life is pointless. The reason why your life has meaning, the reason why you are valuable is because God gives it meaning. God says you're valuable. 
and so valuable in fact that God would send his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's a big deal. That's something that we should get excited about. Um, reason why we're here, hope for this life and the next. This hope for the next life is kind of, kind of like a weird thought because if you think about it, like all of us are going to die at one point in time, <laughs> which is kind of strange to think about. But I think it's a good thing to think about because it kind of puts your life in perspective, knowing that like what I do here on this earth matters because there's something after it. I don't just like die and then that's it. There's something after it. And so the Bible talks about having a heavenly inheritance, laying down crowns and stuff. That's what we work for. That's kind of, I don't know, as I said before, kind of a big deal. Something I'm super passionate about. Something that's at least beginning to understand that has changed my life. It's the reason why I'm here. A couple years ago, I guess, like three years ago, I had no plans of like working or being or having anything to do with a church. I was going to like graduate, do my own thing, be rich and famous, however that would come about. And then that's it. That was my plan. But then Jesus said, psych, um, <laughs> you are going to uh, do ministry stuff. You're going to be like Mark or Ryan or Jenny or Kristen and spend your life pouring into other people through a church or through a ministry like that. And that's all because of this gospel that I'm talking about. If this gospel isn't a big deal, then what Ryan does, what Mark does, what Jenny does, what Kristen does, what Rachel does, what Dr. Yusuf, all the people here, what you do with your life doesn't matter if the gospel isn't true or is irrelevant. If Jesus isn't the center of what you're doing, why even bother doing it? What's the point? And so please, please, please dwell on, think about, recite, teach, preach, encourage, memorize, whatever you have to do to remember this gospel that has hopefully saved um, each one of y'all's lives Think about that, dwell on that, and you will be surprised at the way that your thinking changes, your behavior changes, and a number of other things. So discipleship, that's what I'm supposed to be talking about. Discipleship starts with the gospel, and the reason is we want to learn to love the gospel more. We want to learn to let the gospel affect our lives more than it does now, affect our thinking, affect, affect our attitudes. And so if we don't have that gospel piece set, then we're going to fail um, with the discipleship piece because discipleship starts with the gospel. Second thing is that everyone, every single person in this room and every single person in existence and who has ever existed is a disciple of someone or something. Um, I spent a while yesterday trying to figure out how I wanted to say that, and if that's true, trying to think of examples, and um, I think it is. Everyone follows something, everyone has something that they look to be like, um, they try to serve, that they let pour into them, that they let affect their thinking, their attitudes, the way they behave, the way they talk, who they hang out with, something affects all of that. And so, what does the Bible have to say about this? Can you all turn to John 14, 6? Please, John 14, 6. All right, can someone read that? 
please. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thanks, man. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the only one who should be discipling you. He's the only thing worth being discipled by, if that makes sense. A lot of times we're discipled by other people's opinions and what they think about us, sports, dance, school, um, whatever activities y'all do. There's a whole host of things that we let affect us and that we let change how we think and how we act. I know for me back in the day, and still even now, it's what other people think about me. I let that affect the way that I act, the way that I talk to people. Um, sometimes I'll catch myself trying to talk like the people I'm with, so I kind of get to chill with them. Um, sometimes I'll dress differently because all oh, these people wear stuff and I want to be like them. Um, that's just something for me. I don't know what it is for you. Um, sports was another big one for me. Uh, I played baseball up until like sophomore year and on a bunch of travel teams and stuff. And we were there every single weekend, every single day, practicing, driving, doing all this stuff. That's a good thing. These are good things when you view them in their proper um, perspective. And so we can't let something like baseball for me or other people's views of me or relationships or your phone or social media. There's a number of things that we let affect us and change us. And um, I think the Bible makes it clear that if Jesus isn't the one, the main person um, doing the affecting and the changing, then we've missed something and we're doing something wrong. And so everyone is a disciple of something. Um, the problem with all these other things I mentioned, all these good things that I mentioned, is that eventually they will let you down. Um, the satisfaction and the hope and the expectation that we put in all of these things other than Jesus, that will only go so far. And there will come a point in your life where you will be like, wow, uh, that wasn't what I thought. Rachel talked last week about her testimony, her story, and how she pursued this life that she thought would be so great. And then she got to a point and she was like, wow, this is not what I thought. Mark could say the same thing. Jenny could say the same thing. Me, ask anyone here, and they'll tell you that before Jesus, their life was empty. I talked to a dude on Monday. I played Ultimate Frisbee with him last week, and then we kind of bonded, and then we met up Monday. He was telling me he was all about like partying, drinking, all that stuff, and he thought he like had everything. He was popular, had a girlfriend, nice car, lived in good school and stuff, but then like he said, bro, I felt so empty. I was like, well, yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what happens. Um, I didn't actually say that. I was more kind and loving. But it was cool because he realized that. He got to the point, he was like, man, like, this sucks. Uh, whatever I'm doing is not working out. And so that's when Jesus became the center of his life. That's when Jesus became the main thing that he tried to pursue. And that's when everything changed. As the only way, the truth, and the life, Jesus is the only thing that we should um, devote our lives to. Um, he's the only thing who should be shaping us and guiding us. So what does it look like to follow Jesus? Um, there's, there's not any one answer. Uh, Mark's story is different from Ryan's, and it's different from me. Kind of a couple marks of a disciple. Uh, one is in John 14, 15. 
Um, can someone read that, please? John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. Yeah, kind of straightforward. Um, if you love Jesus, you'll obey his commandments. So a disciple of Jesus is obedient to what Jesus commands. Um, so how are you going to know what Jesus commands? Uh, question, how do, you, how do you know what Jesus commands? Like, where do you find that out? Yeah, where, where is that found? The Bible. Ah, yes, the Bible. <laughs> Guys, it's like, it's kind of simple, but like we hear the same things because they're true, the Bible. An obedient disciple, you can't be obedient if you don't know what you're obeying. And most of the things that Jesus talks about are found here. And so I would encourage y'all to look into that to see, hey, um, Jesus, how do you want me to handle this situation? How should I approach this or this? That's in there. All right, Galatians 2.20. Can someone read Galatians 2.20? This is another mark of a disciple of Jesus. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Jesus and I Thank you. A disciple of Jesus is one who dies to themselves, dies to their desires, puts other people's wills, wishes, desires before their own. A disciple of Jesus is someone who serves. Mark talked about this during VBS, I think, and I thought it was really good. And he talked about service and like the heart that we have behind that and the motivation that we have to serve. It's not because of us or what we can get um, it's about Jesus and what he's done for us, and this is how we respond to that. So, like, what, how do you do these things? So, we kind of talked about how to be an obedient disciple, but how do you die to yourself? Like, what does that look like? Two things I came up with. One is pray. That's kind of obvious. That's important. It's not something, you become a Christian. Oh, I know how to do all these things perfectly. You kind of learn how to do that. Mark, he's been a Christian for a while. He's still learning. I'll talk to him in his office, and he'll say, man, I failed at this still growing, still learning. And so first thing I would encourage you to do is pray and ask God, Lord, how can I be a better disciple? How can I um, love you more? And how do I let that affect my life? That's the first thing. The second thing, which is super, 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 super important. I can't emphasize this enough. This, this piece has changed my life forever. Seriously. And the second thing is find a discipler or a mentor, someone who's older than you, who can pour into you, um, who's maybe a couple steps or a good many steps um, further along than you to help you kind of figure things out, to help you. And they'll say, hey, I remember when I was here, this is what I did, this is what God showed me through that experience. Those two things are huge. Um, I have a couple videos I wanna show y'all to kind of, I guess, picture what discipleship looks like. And so if you could play that, we'll continue. Can I look <laughs> And then the next one, please. So <laughs> those videos are of me when I was, I think, five years old. Um, I was quite the dancer then. So I think a lot of times 
when people become Christians, they're kind of just left out to dry. It's like, oh, great, you're saved, pat on the back, read this book, and we kind of leave them alone. What if my parents did that when I was that age? Just like, oh, you're five years old now, go figure out life yourself, uh, good luck, kid, and let me out the door with no pants and an extra large shirt. That wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't turn out very well, probably wouldn't be here. So in the same way that a child needs someone to help them develop, to feed them, to help them grow, do all these things for them, we need the same thing spiritually. We need someone to help guide us, to instruct us, to feed us. Obviously, our primary um, mentor is going to be Jesus, but the way that looks in each of our lives, Jesus isn't physically standing here next to me, but he's given us people, Mark, Ryan, Jenny, Kristen, Rachel, SDS staff people, parents, people to help grow us and encourage us in our faith. And so that's, that's super important, super important. Um, that's kind of my story. I uh, like believed in stuff, but it wasn't until someone started pouring into me when I started to grow. And so it wasn't until then where I realized, yo, this Jesus thing is serious. I mean, it's worth giving your life to. I don't know where y'all are at spiritually, um, but you're never too mature to have someone pouring into you. Mark has people that encourages him. You're never going to get to a point where you're going to be like, yeah, I have this Christian thing figured out, done. Like y'all can line up. I'll be here. Any advice I can give you. And so you're not going to get to that point. You can always learn. You can always grow. You can always know Jesus more. And the crazy thing, I thought about this last semester. When we get to heaven, we're going to be in an eternal process of knowing God more, and we're still not going to get to the end. Like, how does, that, how does that work? We'll be knowing God more forever, but there's still going to be more of him to know. That kind of boggled my mind in March. So for me, being mentored by someone uh, helped me figure out what I wanted to do with my life, kind of instructed me on how to handle things in early high school, and even until now, I talked to him, his name is John, and talked to him a lot, and he helps me figure out just things to do with Jesus. And so please, 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 if you don't get anything, anything other than this one thing, please find someone, please find someone to help guide you through this, this Christian walk. There's no sh shortage of those people here. There's no shortage of people who are willing and able um, to help you with your walk. I know all the STS staff and probably the staff up in big church, they would love the chance to be like, hey, yo, let's, let's do this Jesus thing together. I'll help you. You can incur, like, it's, it's so good. Like, so, so, so good. Let me pray. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsatlanta.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day and hope to see you.